Praise God. Good morning, church. It's a beautiful morning. God has been good to us. He has been kind to each and every one of us. It's an honor and privilege for us to be in his presence this morning. Allow me to pray before we, we start the word of God. Heavenly Father, it's a joy. It's an honor. It's a privilege. We are blessed, Heavenly Father, to be in your presence. We are so blessed. We are mindful of the fact that there are people who are crying right now. They've lost their loved ones, oh Lord. We are mindful of the fact that there are people who are sick in hospitals and they would have loved to be here, but they do not have this opportunity. We are mindful of the fact that you saved us, you loved us, you chose us. The word of God says in John chapter 15 that you did not choose me, but I chose you. We are thankful that you chose us. What a joy that the creator of the universe should choose us and should call us his own. And Lord, when you chose us, you appointed us. Father, we are here because you appointed us. When you appointed us, oh Lord, you appointed us to go out and bear fruit. The kind of fruit that endures. Lord, I pray that the fruit that you would want to see in our lives shall be evident. Evident that there is a God who works in mysterious ways. Evident that there is a God who transforms. Because when Jesus enters a home, he transforms. When Jesus enters a life, he changes situations. When Jesus enters, when Jesus meets a person who has been through so much, he gives them a testimony, and we are so mindful of that and thankful. My God, I thank you for the people who have been faithful to come to church every Tuesday morning at 6.45. Lord, they have chosen you above everything, and we want to say thank you. Thank you for the people who are here physically, Thank you for the people who are online. Thank you for those who will see this recording much later because we believe there will be a message for each and every one of us. So Lord, this moment, I just say that use me for your glory. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. May the words that come transform us, O oh Lord. May the words that come, come with power to heal. May the words that come out of this altar come with power to break every yoke that may still be in our lives. May we live totally free and able to speak your word wherever you send us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Amen. Forgive me, I'm a bit emotional. <laughs> uh, praise God. I would like to thank the church leadership. I am sure they will watch this much later or they are online. I thank the provost and her team for giving me the opportunity to share the word of God. My name is Charity Mbawazi Biarugaba. I am married to Engineer Brave Biarugaba. He works for the church. He's available over there. We've been married for the last close to 19 years. We have four children, two boys and two girls. Three of them are teenagers. The reason I stand before you is because I'm a child of the Most High God. Those who are close to me know that on my WhatsApp status, there is a permanent writing, Daughter of the King. I pr I'm proud to say that I'm the daughter of the king. Not the earthly king, but the king of kings and lord of lords. When you are daughter of the king, it comes with very many privileges. So I count myself a very privileged person this morning. I come from a background of preachers. My grandparents, both my father's side and my mother's side, were born again. They have since rested in the Lord. But if they were here today, they would be clapping their hands and honoring God. That the word that says that um, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children lives on. The inheritance that my grandparents left me is the word of God. That word of God has looked after me since I was a child and since I got saved in the year 1988. So the word I'm going to speak to you is a word that comes to a church that already knows Jesus Christ. And this word is coming at the tail end of a mission month. The month of November, All Saints has been specifically, okay, the banner is no longer up, but there has been a banner that says that the month of November has been for mission. And so the church has been endeavoring to make sure that as many souls are one to the side of Jesus Christ. And I asked myself a few questions. I was actually enjoying the series. I asked myself a few questions when the word was given to me. Uh, I was asked to talk about be on guard, stand firm in the faith. And I was specifically given 1 Corinthians 16, 13. So I asked myself, okay, so how is this related to the mission month? It was a bit of back and forth. But towards the end of preparing for the sermon, I understood why I was given this uh, word. So what I did last night is I actually used my Bible and wrote notes down. So if you see me opening a piece of paper, it's not that I don't have a Bible. I actually have a Bible and I use it. Praise God. Okay, so let's go straight into the word of God. So our theme today is 1 Corinthians 16, 13. And in the New International Version, this is what it says. Be on guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. Praise the Lord. This word comes to a church in Corinth. Paul has written a letter to the Corinthians. And we are at the tail end of the letter. This letter in particular has a lot 
of writings, a lot of uh, subjects on how to live the Christian life. Those who, read, who have read 1 Corinthians, it's telling us how you should live um, as a single person, as a married person. Many of us love 1 Corinthians 13 because it talks about love. When we are getting married, they talk about 1 Corinthians 13. It talks about how to act, how to work out your salvation, how to live with one another, how to live in unity. I encourage all of us to go out and read 1 Corinthians the whole of 1 Corinthians, because what I'm sharing is at the end. So when you're coming to the end, Paul is only telling us, be on guard. I think many of us have seen guards, and we have guards in different places. But I want to specifically talk about a particular time I was coming from work late at night, and as I was going home, I was actually caught by surprise. There was a particular roundabout, and there were guards, uh, you know, these security uh, men, and they were wearing camouflaged clothes. I just saw a guy coming out of grass from nowhere. I'm like, oh my God, I was so scared. After passing this gentleman, he was just doing his normal duty. He was just walking. He, he, hadn't, he wasn't doing anything to me, but the place where he came from surprised me. And I was so scared. I'm like, oh my God, what is this? But as I was going... God reminded me of the scripture that says that even when we are sleeping, God is actually on guard. You, you know that scripture in Psalms uh, 121, which says, he who keeps you will neither slumber nor sleep. So our God is bigger than even those guards who are keeping us. And you know that guards are supposed to make sure that our lives are protected, our lives are looked after, our property is taken care of, buildings are taken care of. When we sleep at night, we wake up and this church is still the way that we left it. So praise the Lord that we have a God who protects us, who makes sure that we are covered. So as children of the Most High God, even when we do not have the physical guards, we have angels that are protecting us. Praise the Lord. I wish we could clap for God for that. So uh, now that I've talked about guards, why is Paul telling us to be on guard? What does it mean to be on guard? I did a bit of research and I found out that to be on guard means that you need to be alert. A lot, like um, <laughs> the number of times we stay awake very late in the night, if you check carefully, it's normally when you've lost someone and you have to stay up singing in the night. If you check carefully, because many times we sleep at some point, but when you've lost someone, you stay up, you really sing, you try to keep yourself awake. The Bible is telling us to be alert, you know, be on guard. Be alert. Be watchful. Watchmen don't just sit. I don't know when you are coming to church. You see those guards there, yeah, when you're coming to church. Actually, if you check carefully, the guards are all over the place. Some of them, you don't see them. But what they are doing is they are watching. They are watching for the enemy. So to be on guard means be alert. Be watchful, be careful. And the other thing that surprised me, it also says that to be on guard means be careful not to be tricked. Brethren, we are in difficult times. The enemy is tricking people. And we are enjoying the summons 
of trickery. And I'll get there at some point. So to be on alert means be watchful, be, be, be careful not to be tricked. And then from the, the, the subject, we said be on guard, stand firm in the faith. So what does standing firm mean? Because I want us to, to go together. Standing firm means that you're immovable. You are unshakable. You know that house which was built on the rock? which stands, and the waters come, the floods come, but you are immovable, you are unshakable, you are unstoppable. Whatever comes does not move you out of place. Brethren, we have scripture that tells us about people that lost jobs. You know Daniel? Daniel never lost his job, but people planned for him to lose his job. And he still went and prayed to his God at the time he used to pray. Those are people who are standing firm. We know Joseph, Joseph in the Bible. We know that they planned for him again also to lose his job. For him, he even got to prison. But he stood firm. So brethren, we are being encouraged to be alert. We are being encouraged to stand firm in our faith. So when I took some time, I just wanted to understand the scripture stand stand firm stand firm i was asking myself why is paul saying stand 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 so i tried to find out where else does the bible talk about standing and romans 14:4 says who are you to judge someone else else's servant to their own servant the servant stands or falls, and they will stand for the Lord will enable them to stand. Praise the Lord. Again, we are called to stand, and we are not supposed to judge one another because we have a master. The reason we are being encouraged to stand is because we are not working for ourselves. We belong to a kingdom. Remember I said I'm a daughter of the king? Yes, so we belong to a kingdom. And when you belong to a kingdom, you do kingdom mandate. So we are encouraged to stand because God intends that we stand. Why should we stand? Because there is an assignment, which I will talk about much later, that we have to deliver. I'm going to talk about two more verses that talk about standing. Mark 11:25. It says, and when you stand praying, if you have anything against anybody, forgive them so that your Father in heaven will also forgive you. Again, we are called to stand in prayer. We're not just called to stand firm. We're also called to stand in prayer. When you're standing in prayer, it means that there will be prayers that you pray for and you wait. You wait, you pray for the child. The child does not come. You go back, you pray. You pray for the job. The job you want does not come. You go back, you stand and you pray. You pray for the salvation of the people you love and it's not coming, but you keep standing and you pray. Brethren, let's not give up the habit of standing. God is calling us to stand. I'm going to talk about the last stand Please go back, read your Bible. We are children of the Most High God. Standing has been talked about very many times, but I chose three. This last one, uh, Psalms 1.1, it says, Blessed are the ones who, walk in, who, who, who do not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. So God does not expect us to stand in the way of sinners. God expects us to stand in the way of the righteous. 
and that attracts blessings. Praise the Lord. Are we together so far? Yes. This is a final letter. This is a heart-to-heart. What I'm trying to do is to deliver a heart-to-heart message that Paul passed over to the church. And I will repeat the verse that we are referring to. 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Be on guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. God is calling us to be on guard to stand because we are in the mission month. God expects us to be his ambassadors. So we have talked about standing. Why are we encouraged to stand? We're encouraged to stand because there is an enemy. The enemy who tricks. The enemy who roars. The enemy who wants to take us back. The enemy who is not happy that we belong to the kingdom of God. For him, he does not sleep. He is always on assignment looking for who else he's going to take into his side. So brethren, we have to stand. Why are we standing? Because we cannot see our children being taken to the enemy's side. You understand what I'm talking about? We have to stand because we cannot see people having children being aborted and we keep quiet. We have to stand because we have to pray that these children cannot die before their time. If God has brought them into this world, they have a message. We have to stand because they are children of God that have been placed in places of authority and they are supposed to be leading well. So if we are not standing to support them, there is a problem. We have to stand because we are in the last days. Brethren, we are in the last days. And in the last days, 2 Timothy 3, 2 says, people will be lovers of self. I don't know whether you see it where you are, but the lovers of self is so high. Sorry, I need to check that I'm still having time. People will be lovers of self. People will be boastful. People will be proud. People will be abusive. People will be disobedient to their parents. People will be ungrateful. People will be unholy. I don't know whether you're seeing that where you are. If you're seeing that where you are, then we are in the last days. I am repeating. 2 Timothy 3, 2 says... In the last days, people will be lovers of themselves. They'll be lovers of money. You know, to the point that you have a good salary, but you're still corrupt. Oh my God, why? You know, you have a good pay and you're taking money that is supposed to help orphans. You have a good pay. You're taking money that is supposed to be constructing roads. You have a good pay. You're taking money that is supposed to be constructing hospitals lovers of money, how much is enough? How much do you go with? You know, when we finally leave this place, they bring us here, this place here. I, I attend very many funeral services. They bring you here. There's a friend of mine, I said, there's a friend of mine who told us for him, he doesn't want to go to church. He just sends his children to school, to church, every Sunday. And I told him, why? Why don't you want to go to church? And he told me, because when I was young, I had a stepmother, and this stepmother was born again. <laughs> but my stepmother really used to mistreat me. She was a different person in church from the person she was at home. So I told myself, when I grow up, I'll never go to church. And I told my brother and said, my friend, forgive your stepmother. That is the past come back to church. Do you want us to carry you when you are in a box? You know? Lovers of money. Lovers of money. Boastful. Proud. 
abusive, you know, disobedient. When you listen to radio and TV, sometimes the language and social media, the language people use is really a sign that we're in the last days. So brethren, I hope we are together on why Paul is telling us to stand and to be on guard. I'm also going to refer to uh, Matthew 7, 15 to 20. It talks about false prophets. We need to stand because, guys, uh, brethren, the, the, the false prophets are many. I apologize for that. Brethren, the, the, the false prophets are many. Beware of the false prophets who come to you. Matthew 7, 15 to 20. Beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's cloth. Many of them look like shepherds, but they are actually ravenous wolves. They are wearing the shepherd's clothes, but they are ravenous wolves. By their fruit, you will recognize them. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from brushes, figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, and a bad tree bears, cannot bear good fruit. We need to stand because the false prophets are many. Praise the Lord. Finally, because the reasons to stand are many, this was my favorite. Why do we need to stand? The gospel of Matthew 5 says, 5.13 and 14 says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? Brethren, we are the ones who are bringing test in the communities. We are the ones who are bringing a difference where God has placed us. Verse 14, you are the light of the world. A town cannot be, a town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Never do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. You can no longer be hidden. Praise the Lord. Tell yourself, I can no longer be hidden. <laughs> I can no longer be hidden. If you are a child of the Most High God, tell yourself, I'm the salt. I am the light. I cannot be hidden. I am supposed to be bringing light where there is darkness. And so because you're bringing light where there is darkness, you need to stand. Praise the Lord. Be on guard and do what? Stand. Today God is dressing us in army uniform. You might be dressed physically, but as you leave this church, I pray that God will dress each and every one of us in the full armor of God. As we end the mission month, God is sending us out there to go and be the light. Praise the Lord. How then will we be able to stand? I'm ending with the how. Brethren, Hebrews 10.25 says, do not give up the habit of meeting one another. You know, those of you who come here every Tuesday, clap for yourselves. Every Tuesday. There are some faces I know. <laughs> I haven't come in a long time, but the Tuesdays I would come, there are faces I know. Thank you for not giving up the habit. The Bible also tells us in Matthew, Matthew 6, when, when Jesus was teaching us how to pray, he said, pray that you do not fall into temptation. So pray that when the tricker comes to trick, you're not in his, in his jurisdiction. You understand? Pray that the, 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 the shepherds who are acting, eh, when they come, 
you are not anywhere near them. So pray, 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 pray that you do not fall into temptation. Pray that you are not in bad company. First Corinthians 15.33 says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. And it says in verse 34, come back to your senses as you ought and stop sinning. For there are some who are ignorant of God. I say this to your, to your shame. Praise the Lord. This word is coming to people who are walking in a blameless way. And Paul is saying, come back to your senses. If you have been among the other category that we've been talking about, the boastful, the lovers of money, the corrupt, the, eh, the proud, the abusive, come back to your senses. Praise the Lord. Come back to your senses. Philippians 2, 12 to 13, we are talking about how to stand. And this is what he says. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. You know that verse. We all know it. We've said it for many years. But when they say work out, it means there is a lot of work. It means that we have to pray. It means that we have to fellowship. It means that we don't have to give up. It means that we have to read the word of God. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Brethren, we do not live a life that is clean by ourselves. We live a life that is clean by the grace of God and by the mercy of God. It is God who works in us. So never ever be proud that you know what, me I'm blameless, uh, me I'm not proud. No, it's God who works in us. And the Bible says, do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may be pure and blameless children of God. Many of us fall short and I too fall short in this area. Many times we find ourselves grumbling when things are not going the way we want them to go. Finally, brethren, in verse 16, he says, I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. And that is Paul. Paul wants to boast that his word did not go in vain. Can you make Jesus boast that you are his child, that you have stood, that you're firm, that you are on guard? As we conclude and get ready to pray, I want to remind us of a story in the Bible that's where Jesus was going to be crucified. And he's with two sinners. Luke 23, 35. He was with two sinners. And one of the criminals who hung there, according to the Bible, says, Luke 23, 35. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. And you, the Messiah, save yourself and us. Verse 40. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God? He said. Since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly, for we are getting what we deserve. But this man, verse 41, we are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. So we have two criminals. One is saying, 
you are the Messiah. Save yourself, save us. This other one is saying, don't you fear God? For us, we deserve what has come to us. Jesus looks at the two of them. Most importantly, he looks at the other one and says, the one who says, uh, Jesus says to them, this other uh, criminal says in verse 42, then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And in verse 43, Jesus answered him, Truly, I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. Praise the Lord. As we come to the tail end of the sermon, be on guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. There are two sinners. One is saying, save yourself, save us. The other is saying, remember me when you come in your kingdom. And Jesus says, today you will be with me in paradise. I will be doing Jesus a disservice if I assumed that everybody in this church already knows the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. The reason we are called to be on guard is because of that word, paradise. Paul wants us to live in paradise. Paul just doesn't want us to enjoy life here. Paul wants us to cross over and go to what we've been working for, and that is paradise. So I will do an altar call. If you're here and you don't know the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords as your Lord and personal Savior, why don't we give him a chance to come and take leadership of your life? If you're here, you want to recommit your life to God, that you too will test paradise. Allow me to pray with you. And if you want to stand up, feel free to stand up. And I will hand over to the church. Heavenly Father, today we thank you that you have reminded us why we need to stand. Why we need to be on guard. We need to be on guard because you're giving us an assignment to be the salt and to be the light. So I pray for the person who has never accepted you as Lord and Savior, that today you will enter into their heart, you will be their Lord and their personal Savior, you will deliver them from their past and give them an opportunity to experience peace that passes all understanding. Today I pray for my brothers and my sisters who are already walking the walk of salvation, that together we will walk with you and that we will bear fruit that brings glory to your name. Lord, we surrender our lives to you. We surrender our destinies to you. We surrender our future to you. And we pray that you will take ownership of everything that we are and will ever be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you.